Hey, Shift Shapers. Thank you for listening and sharing your support and your feedback with us. It's made all the difference in the world. I've got great news to share. Over the holidays, we're moving the Shift Shapers studios to a new, larger facility, and we're adding the ability to produce video content for you in the coming year. While we're unplugged for a few weeks during the move, we've rounded up a few of our most popular episodes for you to enjoy. All of us at Shift Shapers wish you and yours the best of holidays, and we look forward to helping you make 2016 your best year ever. Now, go out and shift that shape. How can retirement plan information help you to target benefits prospects? And how do you sift through all of that data anyhow? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of Shift Shapers is sponsored by MyEdge, the premier provider of Form 5500 prospecting solutions for benefit advisors. Local, regional, and national advisors rely on this affordable, easy-to-use, real-time search engine to find their target prospects. For more information, visit our website at www.shiftshapersonline.com. Today, we're pleased to be speaking to Mark Smith. Mark, as some of you know, is the founder and CEO of MyEdge. And the reason that some of you know Mark, if from no other place than certainly from this podcast, is that Mark was one of our guests back in September on episode 24. If you haven't heard that episode yet, I think you'll find it interesting, especially in light of what we're going to talk about today. Back then, we talked solely about using big data as a differentiator. We're going to touch on that, but Mark's got some thoughts on an area that you might not expect would be of interest to benefit advisors, and that's a way of thinking about and using to your advantage data from retirement plans. And we thought that would be an interesting follow-on conversation. So with that, Mark, welcome to the podcast. David, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me back. Now, traditionally for medical plans, as I touched on in, in the opening, or health and welfare plans, if, if you prefer that nomenclature, retirement plan information was not something that was terribly useful. Why is it? I mean, how does that fit? It seems kind of a disconnect. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting uh, about the, the whole uh, kind of public disclosure documents that uh, are gathered at the various government agencies is that they typically are very much designed for the particular disclosure that you're providing to the government on that subject. So whether it be health and welfare for health and group life and disability, dental, etc., or retirement, or if you're a registered investment advisor and you're disclosing how much business you, you build. Um, you know, there are all sorts of different data elements that reside. And, and so when you think about a particular set, you're only really thinking about it from that perspective. And we've really taken an approach that there's a lot of neat data that can be used to benefit all sorts of folks and your audience being one of them. Now, all of this data is available publicly, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. It's been that way for many years. And yet most of us don't know about it. Many of us don't know about it. And many of us don't know how to use it. So let's level set for the folks for whom this might be a, a new discussion. 
what data is being collected across what different kinds of plans? So there's a whole host of, of different data sets that, that are out there. And we typically work predominantly with the, what's called the Form 5500s. And there's a, a couple of key elements to who files those forms. On the health and welfare side, typically it's for companies of 100 employees or greater. And they have to file a, a disclosure document that basically tells the government what plans they're offering, health, life, dental, disability, etc. How much they're paying, who, who their broker is, how much commissions are being paid, what their renewal dates are, etc. On the retirement side, there's two types of folks that will file on the retirement side. If you have 120 or more participants, then you have to file what's called a large group plan, which is very similar to the health and welfare. It's, a, it's an in-depth, audited retirement filing. And, but there's also this form called uh, short form, uh, which is filed for companies 120 employees or less. And that data set is one of the largest out there and uh, is robust in terms of the type of information that, uh, that resides on it. So let's dig into that a little bit. What information is there, first of all, if you could detail some of that? And then let's talk a little bit about why that's relevant to benefit advisors, because I know that even now, five minutes into our discussion, there are some benefit advisors who are scratching their head saying, right. what am I going to use retirement data for? Correct. Well, so if you think about from a, from a benefits advisor's perspective, everybody in the mother is going after that large group space. So that, that 100 or more space, everybody's kind of focused on that. The large brokers and consultants, the boutiques, and then the small and mid-sized regionals are all going kind of after that large group space. What we found is that there's been a real void in quality information on the under 100 space, and particularly for ACA compliance in that 50 to 100 space. And so when you look at a whole host of different data sources, whether it be the kind of the, the DMBs, the Hoovers, the LinkedIn's, the, the data.coms from the Salesforce world, you'll find that there's data that may or may not be up to date and certainly may or may not give you exactly what you're looking for in terms of a viable prospect that you want to, uh, you want to um, take a look at. So what we found with this data is that you have really accurate, up-to-date information because, number one, you can prospect identify and you use a search engine kind of format. So as we spoke earlier, this data is public, but it's public in individual formats. So you would have to know the name, you'd have to type it in, and then you could digest that data in a way that's kind of on a big PDF form. What we have is a, is a way for you to just slice and dice that data in terms of global perspectives. So if you want to, in your geographic area, want to find every employer between 50 and 100 employees, you would be able to do that. And then you'd be able to look at an accurate number of employees that's based upon benefit eligible participants. So again, we kind of strip out not including part-timers, things like that. This is going to be, uh, you know, especially in that, that ACA world, you're going to be looking at kind of typically full-time benefit eligible participants as the number that you want to go after. And so when you think about all the other data sources out there, they tend to give you a range like, you know, 25 to 250 employees or 50 to 250 or something like that. We give you a very accurate look at how many benefit eligible employees there are obviously 
in addition to that type of data, you've got the contact information, the address information, the industry segmentation. And so you can very easily laser in and find a starting point for viable prospects for you to, to digest. Now, you work with a lot of benefit advisors in all different size firms. How do they use this data? And let's, we'll, we'll take this in two sections. I'll ask first, how is this data, because I think it's maybe the more obvious, how is it used in, in an offensive capacity? So on an offensive strategy, you're looking to find things about that prospect that you can at least have a, a conversation with that client in a meaningful way. So the first thing to do is obviously to know who, who you need to be speaking to. So the contact and all of these contacts are going to be fiduciary level and above. And they're typically at this size going to be the business owner that you would have the contact for. We then have our, our LinkedIn capability where you can triangulate LinkedIn uh, with a one click and determine how you might be connected to that account for purposes of center of influence building. But then we kind of give you a whole set of information indicators to determine, is this a viable prospect for me? Um, and is it something that I want to be looking for? So let's take an example of uh, an ACA compliant type of approach. So you're looking really for 50 to 100 employees. Then we, we give you a participation ratio. So how many of those employees are actually participating in their current retirement benefits? A high participation ratio, so 80, 90, 100% would indicate that there is a high percentage of those employees that are being enrolled in their retirement plan. That would indicate then on the health and welfare side that there's likely to be a health and welfare program and there's likely to be employer engagement in that health and welfare program. On the flip side of that, if there's a low participation ratio, lower than 75, lower than 50%, and you combine that with no employer contribution, and because uh, we were able to identify that for you pr pretty, pretty easily as well, then that would indicate that maybe they're just offering a retirement program, but really there's no employer engagement in it. And so they're going to have potentially no health and welfare plan or particularly low level benefits for that employee group. And so that clearly is going to need a benefit advisor's help to comply with many of the aspects of ACA. First of all, offering benefits and secondly, offering them at the level that's acceptable to the government. Now a word from our sponsor, MyEdge, the premier provider of Form 5500 prospecting solutions. The MyEdge Small Group Prospecting Solution makes it fast and easy to find the qualified leads you need to grow your business. Who uses the MyEdge Small Group Prospecting Solution? Employee benefits brokers who need to find accurate eligible employee numbers and employer contact information. Property and casualty agents who need to know which employers are out of compliance with their fidelity bond and if they need to increase their bond coverage. Financial professionals who need to identify plan types, asset size, high commissions, and fees. MyEdge enables you to search for employers with 120 benefit-eligible employees or fewer by geographic region, employer contribution, employee participation, industry segment, and more. Register for a free live webinar at www.myedge.biz to see how easy it is to find qualified small group leads. Or... 
Click the Sponsor button on the ShiftShapersOnline.com website. So let's take the flip side of that coin. If I'm an advisor, how can I use a tool such as this for defensive purposes to help me hang on to my book and to know what's going on in the marketplace? Well, you know, from a defensive perspective, you, you obviously the first things to do is to search for your existing relationships. And using this, you can identify many of those key indicators. Another big indicator we have, which is on the compliance side to do with the Fidelity Bond. You may or may not know that to be in compliance for your Fidelity Bond, you need to have 10% of your beginning year assets in the form of a Fidelity Bond. Well, what's really um, astounding to me is when we did the analysis, about 12% of all employers out there are out of compliance. Either they don't have one or they're below that 10% threshold. And so from a defensive perspective, you want to make sure that your current clients aren't in a compliance issue. And then coming back on the offense side of it, it's also another strategy to pick up the phone to that person to have conversation that is a little more meaningful to them. And then obviously to offer, many of our benefit advisors are offering a free compliance audit. So when you think about the fact that this is a fairly low level type of compliance issue that can trigger an audit, but it's still hanging out there. What else in their you know, plethora of other compliance oriented issues are there? And that's a conversation that the, that owner of the company might be clueless as to how to answer. And so then your ability to offer a free compliance audit on not just that component, but also all the other components to do with ACA and ERISA and, and, and many other things are, uh, is, a, is a really powerful strategy that uh, the benefit advisors have, have been very successful with. Well, and that dovetails into my next question. It's typical in a lot of other industries that before a professional would go out and talk to a prospect, they've thoroughly researched the company and perhaps the company's owners or founders or shareholders or whatever the form might happen to be. In the benefits advising arena, it's a little bit of a, of a kind of a new thing. What kind of feedback are you getting about how clients and prospects are reacting to that? Are they taken back? Are they surprised? Are they happy, grateful? What are you hearing? Well, there's a whole mixed bag, David, and, and I think it's a similar response to to when you kind of show any sensitive information to anybody. There's the folks that will immediately say, oh, wow, that's amazing. Can I see more? What else? You know, kind of they, they really are embracing of the fact that they want to know more. And then there's a fair proportion of folks out there that this scares them to death. And so they immediately shut down. And they immediately kind of um, go on the back foot with regards to, you know, putting up the, the shutters. And they're like, no, I, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to know this. You know, so you, you've really got to kind of be sensitive as to how much and how aggressive you are with disclosing all of this stuff right out of the bat when you don't necessarily know that person that you're talking to. And that's where, you know, the concept of trying to find a friendly introduction into that relationship where you can have a candid conversation that's not 
defensive right out of the gate. It's an important component to building the ability to then put yourself in a, in a good place with that prospect and, and eventually then turn that into a client. Well, and that, that goes back to the discussion about LinkedIn. And one of our very first podcasts, uh, when we started this about a year ago, we talked to Mel Schlesinger, who's an expert in using LinkedIn for leveraging to get those kinds of warm referrals. So it's interesting that we've spoken about LinkedIn in today's conversation as well, because that you're right, that would soften that a little bit. Do you see, as this becomes more accepted and more quote-unquote normal, more the course of business, do you see this as being something that ends up being table stakes to open a relationship? In other words, if you haven't done this kind of research, you won't really be welcomed or looked on as a real in-depth professional? Well, I, I think that any business owner that is going to take anybody seriously is first of all going to listen to friendly people to ask for their opinions on what, who they should talk to and those kinds of things. But when it comes to it, you have to present sound different and sound very smart about what it is that you're bringing to the table. And a lot of that starts with doing a lot of research and understanding what it is that you're getting into before you walk in the door, but then being smart enough to react to whatever it is you're hearing through that conversation and come up with those critical solutions that really are, are what's going to turn that prospect discussion into a client. So you see having this knowledge and having done this research at least for a while as continuing to be a differentiator for firms and advisors that employ it? Yeah, obviously I'm biased because I live in this world, but I, I, I've been on the benefit advisor world for, for many, many years, and I know how difficult that job is. And the hardest part is to, first of all, find qualified prospects that fit the makeup of how you want to build your business, then having an intelligent conversation with that decision maker, and then creating solutions that you can solve their problems. And, and all of those components have to align for any of these to turn into to business. And so if you can make that process easier, that can only help the situation. And so using a tool and certainly a technology tool that can take a huge amounts of data, make sense of it, find those targeted low-hanging key indicators within all of that data is a huge part of taking away the workload that used to exist for folks. And now you can then turn your attentions onto the hard part, which is building those resources, those trusted introductions, and of course, your value proposition uh, that you can bring to that particular client. Mark, in the, in the couple of minutes that we have left today, uh, we always like to ask our guests how they envision within their realm of subject matter expertise, how they envision the future. Where do you see um, this going? Obviously, there have been great steps going from 5,500 data that's, you know, you have to plow in and try to parse yourself and you have to be clever enough to see the relationships to where we are today. Where do you see it going in the next two, three, four, five years? Well, I mean, there's a huge amount of data that's sitting out at a whole host of various sources. So in this data set alone, for example, there is you know over 650,000 companies in just this, what we call the small group uh, retirement data set. 
On the large group side, you know, to by comparison, there's about 50,000 or so companies across the country that file on that large group side. So this data set is huge, and then on a combined basis, that's a lot of companies. Where I see this going is that you've got to get really good at triangulating other sets of information to couple onto this information to create a much more robust set of information from all the various data sources out there. And then creating some analytics around that that can perhaps predict the future as best as you can, or at least take some of those indicators and put flags on them to say, hey, this looks like it's going to turn into something. You might want to get on this and, and kind of make those early decisions now to get ahead of the competition. But I think that anybody out there that's not embracing the magnitude of data that sits out there is going to be behind the curve because people are getting quicker, faster, and more sophisticated every single day. No question. And that's a great place to leave our conversation today. Mark Smith, founder and CEO of MyEdge. Mark, thanks for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. Once again, we love having you. That's my pleasure. And thanks again for inviting me back. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of the Saltzman Group. We work with entrepreneurs, executives, and companies just like you to help shape the shifts in your business. To schedule a 20-minute call to learn more, visit our website at thesaltsmangroup.com or call me directly at 803-386-8005. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on our site, you can also click the podcast tab for the entire catalog of Shift Shapers episodes and to access some really great special offers. Give me a call at 803-386-8005 and learn how to put the secrets of the Ship Shapers to work in your business.